Hey, how you guys doing? It's the from Brothers Comics. Welcome to, uh, this is kind of an unnamed podcast at this point in time. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, on the line tonight, uh, two of my favorite Marvel hacks, uh, Sandman. Oh, God, look at that. Look, we'll get it out of the way. Like, just, no, not at all. This is really what it is. Like, look, if, if you have been around, if you follow him on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, Sandman has, you know, he's been down. He had a medical condition. He's on the man. He's getting better. A lot of y'all sent tweets and all those types of things to him. And that's great. We have been in a position where we were just like, you know, we didn't really know what to do, you know, and we kind of talked it out. And we know Sandman listens to this now that he's on rehab and on the men, you know, so we kind of continue to go with it. So what this is going to look like moving forward, we're not altogether 100 percent sure. But, you know, Sandman, we miss you, man. We love you. We can't wait for you to get back on here for real. But beyond that, on the line tonight, it's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. Hey, what's happening? And yes, absolutely. Shout out to Sandman. I mean, I think the thing that hit me is, you know, we've talked in, in the background about the, the ongoing text chain. And man, that shit dried up without the Sandman. I mean, I think he, <laughs> he was, a, as much as he's like the one that kind of just sit here and shake his head, like, here they, yeah. here y'all go again mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, you yeah. know, he was, you know, not, not only like, uh, you know, getting conversations started, but keeping them going. And, yeah. uh, you know, with the producer and me, like we've been friends forever. Like we could go like a year of like not saying a single word, show yes. up and be just like back into it. And the joke was back in the day was like, my mom would be like, how's the producer? Cause you know, even then she knew he would be going under a pseudonym. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what you guys talk about? I don't know. We just, don't we know. just talk about stuff. So yeah, but you know, Sam man's definitely missed and, and just to have him kind of just starting to get back in the loop is a blessing and we miss you and look forward to having you back here. Yeah, for real. Them freaking six o'clock texts. Sam, man, the best something that happened, man. Like, I mean, there's nobody to listen. A.M. Yes, sorry. Yeah, there's nobody to listen to more podcasts and ingest more podcasts and media, whatever, to get out to us. So, yes, for real, that, that's a good point. Also on the line is Hutch, man. Hutch, say what's happening. Hello, and uh, yeah, all, everything that you guys said about the Sandman is all true. And mm-hmm. as I am a blood brother to one of the people on this uh, podcast. And we could go for weeks without talking. And <laughs> so, well, hell, maybe months. But nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, um, but sure. yes, uh, Sandman been been through it all for almost forty years. Yes, uh, sir. And let's make it fifty, sixty, yeah. seventy. Yeah, and that's yeah. It. For real, like so. Yeah, so again, like I said, a lot of people y'all sent messages or whatever. He is on the men. He's just not ready to be getting back on podcast. Uh, you know, hopefully that'll happen in the near future, but that's kind of where it is. So, like I said, we weren't really sure what we were going to do when he kind of, you know, was dropped off the podcast a little bit. We were in the middle of our, not in the middle, like in the early parts of our Avengers forever, uh, kind of recap podcast, you know, so we could talk about Kang, one of Clan Man's favorite characters. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we we're kind of like, man, I don't really want to jump back into that because it just kind of felt kind of weird. So we kind of threw around some ideas. And then luckily the people at Screen Rant just absolutely gave us a fucking softball <laughs> to uh literally knock out of the park. Whereas they did a list of uh the top 10 X-Men artists. And as we get into this here later tonight, it's going to become very apparent that this is obvious clickbait, obvious clickbait, and um, also written by somebody that has probably not seen 35, that'd be fair. It's somebody that needs people to click on their article, no matter what their age is, because this this list doesn't make no yam sense. It doesn't make any yam sense for a lot of particular reasons. And so when I sent it out to y'all initially, I said, this shit is infuriating. (laughs) (laughs) And by going through it today, uh, it hasn't gotten any less. So we're going to go through it uh, bit by bit. Uh, We'll show some of the art from these people or whatever. and We'll have something to say about all of them for sure. Um, But all right, so let me see. Make sure I'm going through this. My list. Blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, so cool. Here we go. All right, and then we'll talk a little bit about who didn't make the list because there's definitely some um, 
uh, omissions for sure on here that you would obviously uh, identify with the X-Men. I personally, if you're on the YouTube channel, you see I got, you know, Pepe Larraz on there, uh, more recent X-Men artists, particularly from House of X, uh, who does a great job. So, all right, let's get into it. All right. Number 10 was Art Adams. Um, and it felt like this was somebody put on there. We're like, hey, we need to put an old person on the list because I'm 32 years old <laughs> and um, I don't know anything about Art Adams. And the shit is like Aardvark in the fucking dictionary. Like, oh, it was the first one. Art Adams. <laughs> no, I think I've seen a lot of his work. I think he did a lot of, of the stuff around. I think he might have drawn Excalibur for a while or something like yeah. So he would, I don't remember him having any long runs, but I think he does have a distinctive style and he's been on and off in various comics throughout the year. So I, I don't know. This, this doesn't necessarily bother me. If you trust Wikipedia, Wikipedia says he was never an actual artist on the X-Men book. He, uh, he drew three annuals, and the reason that the, he was never on any real books is because he draws too slow. <laughs> so he did the long shot miniseries, which should be a strike enough to get him off his fucking list. And he did like a, a three X Men annuals. So, if, Hutch, if you'll turn the screen over to me, let's see how, how that yeah. works. Yeah, you got it. All right, so let's see if we go here. Share. Oh, oh shoot! It always happens to me. Why do I always get a warp wound? The five P, sir. Why do I always get a warp wound? That oh. piss poor planning prevents. I just freaking freaking uh, had this all set up. I had this all set up. God dog it! Why is it not showing on here? Hold on. Oh boy! We're yeah, really, I know. We're really seizing the audience by the throat. Yes, no, I know. Like, yeah. and, and, and brother Beavis hates this too. We and, are. And, it's, it's not in my. It's in my time. No, it's me and my father. I don't fuck what's going on here. Uh, All right, stop share. I can't uh, do it. Hey, what the hell? The I had it there. Like I literally stop had it. Music. He didn't have a freaking long run on anything here, folks. That's all I'm trying to say. He was not one of the people that had a long run on any X-Men anything. And so why is he making the top 10 of something that he was never even a part of? Explain that to me, please. Somebody. Anyone? I, Bueller? This is probably like I was a fan of Art Adams on some other obscure book and he drew something with an X in the title. So I'm going to put him on the list. Or like you said, it's the first one in the dictionary for the encyclopedia. <laughs> Aardvark. All right, here we go. Sorry. Found it now. So he was uh, part of the annuals for that Asgardian crossover thing. Um, yay. Which also sucked, by the way. Just I, th- I think he did a lot of cover work, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. They said that he was somebody that want, they wanted um, him to emulate Paul Smith, who's going to come up later here in the list. But and you can kind of see it from that cover a little bit, the kind of minimalist style. I don't style. see, I don't see, you don't no see anything, sir. Right. I don't I see, see anything. I see JPEG no. something. It doesn't yeah, come up. No. <laughs> I'm, just, we're, we're I'm, I'm bent. I'm bent. I'm your, uh, your, what am I supposed to do? I freaking saved it. Uh, uh, you, you saved nothing. You I saved have it. nothing. Yes, Good day right. to you, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> All right. So anyway, he shouldn't be on the list as far as I know. I don't really care. And I can't show you his crappy art. Number nine is even worse. Go ahead, Hutch. I, what, what, it's not crappy, but the top uh, 10 X-Men? Top 10 X-Men. In the, in the last 60-something years? Yeah. Would you no. say that that's the case? Yeah, I wouldn't either. Okay. All right. So how about then number nine, Michael Choi? Now, granted, his run for whatever he did was in the blind period of, hey, I just had some kids and I ain't reading comic books from 2008 to 2009. So for me, absolutely nothing. Uh, but he did un- he did Uncanny X-Men 495 to 499 again in that era of like darkness for me. 
Does anybody know anything about Michael Cho? And my note on here says, who the hell is this? Yeah, as modern comics in, in a very like almost painted style. Um, so, I mean, it's great art, but is it? I mean, <laughs> but to be like, again, on the top 10 list, this is a, again, I think sort of more modern fan. And that, it, how, how do you make the top 10 list if you got five issues under your mm, belt too? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how is that even a, a can be considered a serious run if you don't really have any freaking books, you know, to, you know, make sense with that? So that just doesn't help. Oh, hush with the pull up there for Michael Choi. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah, we're related. Yeah, it's like the painted style. There's also that style at that time in the X-Men 2 where uh this there was a reason i wasn't reading these books at that particular time too you know it's the scott it's the, well it's the scott emma situation that's kind of you know for me at least i didn't enjoy um any of that and i mean i think i can answer this question have y'all even thought about going back and reading books from that era i've tried but better <laughs> than me. Well, yeah. it, so I've been wrestling with the app. Another thing, I don't know what they've done with that, but I've been wrestling with the app just to like mm. be able to load a comic. I was trying to read the relaunch of House of X and trying to follow mm. that in order, and it was okay, whatever. But then the app took a dump. So, you know, even yeah. if I did, like, it's not there. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't. I mean, you know, again, I think you should have some version of longevity here. To had been a part of that. And in my humble opinion, you should have at least been on the book for a little bit because it says best X-Men artist. And then as you go through the list, you'll, uh, we'll get to point it out here in a second, too. All right. He did X-23, too. So I know y'all have those issues. <laughs> freaking Laura. Uh, no. <laughs> Yo. uh, that was literally my first time ever seeing any of his art. Okay. <laughs> ever. Ever. Literally, literally, young freaking X Men Twitter loves X twenty three. They love Laura, man. Okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> they do. Right, you know, I yeah, yeah. When you're, they're like, yeah. oh, when they they make the movie, she should be Wolverine. I'm like, have y'all met people? Like, that's never gonna happen. You may get a character out of it, but she ain't going to be Wolverine. It's just not gonna happen. Don't ever say never with this. That's fair. Who would have thought Disney would own a Marvel franchise 25, 30 years ago? Number eight on the list, which is this is where the infuriating part started. Oh boy, yeah, this is yeah, it's John Byrne. Okay, and we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time here because, one, having him ace is the biggest piece of bullshit that you could ever possibly got. I mean, it's, it, it invalidates the entire list from the beginning. Um, I, we could do a whole-ass podcast on his run on X-Men. Like, we could, and we've reviewed a good portion of the books. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, because his run is so amazing on the books, and – just like he's number one like it, 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 it i mean we're gonna get to whoever's number one here there's maybe you could debate it a little bit but nope. there's no chance that he's not the number one artist on x-men anybody bueller anybody got anything outside of that i mean what would be worse to put him at eight or leave him off the list yeah i mean like <laughs> yeah. um i mean because when you sent this i was like all right well the key question is what where do they have burned Right. I was like, number eight. I'm like, okay, well, this is trash. Right. This is number one. Trash. But no, this yeah. is right. This is, huh? What? Yeah, I mean, look at this. Thanks for pulling out of a punch. Uh, I mean, just look at this ridiculousness on the run. Just the Phoenix stuff. But even if you don't even use that, if you go back to this frick, the, you know, introducing like Alpha Flight or what, like, we're talking about the oh, and get now fight our X Men too. So you might well, that, no, I meant like that. Wait, wasn't that him? He yeah, or is that Cocker? Yeah, okay. Like when yeah, they when he, he created, Alpha Flight first he, appeared he in the X Men or Alpha Flight, or not? I don't know but whatever. I mean, all this. This look is this. This is. There, look, it, there's there's no X Men anything without Burns Run. Literally zero zilch nada. There isn't. There isn't. 
we don't have any of that stuff. Whatever inspiration he had given to Jim Lee or whatever that they took for the 90s cartoon, fine, granted. But that doesn't happen without Burns, right? Hmm. And, 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 okay, how many X-Men movies have we had? Yeah. About 12 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, nine or ten of them are based off of the, the shows or the mm-hmm. things that he was drawing. And right. Writing. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, he, he's an amazing artist. I mean, and again, you know, how the young kids do it. You know, he was doing multiple books at the same time, too. With, right, without computer. Without a computer, you know, exactly. Without, I mean, right. yeah, if you don't have any of this X-Men stuff without Burn. Period. You don't, I'm not, I'm not reading the X-Men. If, I mean, that's what got me into it. I mean, his, right. his art, his art is, is, I mean, most beautiful stuff in four color panel comics ever. Right. Yeah, and he run, his run goes from was I guess one hundred eight to one forty three. Um, so what thirty six issues? Is that right? So, I mean, that's a you know three year run essentially from seventy seven to eighty one. It says on the Wikipedia. I mean, and he got every inch out of it and every freaking right. out of and, it. I mean, amazing. And I watched him. I mean, I followed him off of X Men books and into the um, Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah. I followed him when we went to DC afterwards. Superman. Getting the Supermans yeah. and the Batmans yeah. and the mm-hmm. I right. That he is X-Man or he's he's my artist, maybe number one, no matter what, let alone X-Men. Yeah, yeah I mean he's yeah, he's something else. I don't uh, yeah, eight. <laughs> That's just eight. awful. Right. <laughs> That's just awful. Period. All right. So what yeah, John Bird, number one. All right, number seven, Neil Legard Adams. Uh, uh, on uh, X Men. Now I know Neil Adams for a lot of things. I, do I don't think I ever remembered him doing X Men, but because he did, he did them when it was not a very popular book, like before the the split, you know, with the giant size X Men. He drew those books then. Did y'all know Neil Adams drew X Men? No. Hush. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I know him for like some of his. I mostly know him for his DC stuff. Like, I knew he did some Marvel stuff, but I know him mostly for his DC stuff. You know, like uh, I, I had it in here, and I had a freaking copy of the picture, but I can't figure shit out. Um, yeah, it was like X Men, like sixty three, something like that. Like, yeah, said, he drew he, it right before it got canceled, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good and sign. Not, and not that he got it canceled. It was already, I mean, sales were down. But yeah, he had right. like a eight-issue run that leading up to the cancellation and going into reprints. Right. I mean, like, that's very interesting. Why is Cyclops wearing Quicksilver's outfit there? Did y'all ever go back and read them damn books? I know Brother Beavis did because you're that dude. But Hush, did you ever go back and read them books? Brother Beavis, did you go read those books? I've tried to read them, and I never get past like about fifteen or or somewhere in there. I don't really. I've never really gotten into made it all the way into like the Havoc and Polaris era, Mm. and particularly when they have these really weird uniforms like Mm. angels, yellow and red. Like I've never got to that part of the book. Um, I tried. Uh. Uh, yeah, I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah, I, I just remember that um, old school when the X Men had their little cartoon from the '60s or whatever. You ever seen that? Wonder who the X Men? They had a like you know had everybody, not everybody, but a lot of heroes had like the goofy cartoon from the '60s. I remember those goofy cartoons. I oh, the had... X-Men had one. Yeah. I, I only remember the two episodes of uh, Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. No, no. There's <laughs> an old school X-Men episode with the same voices that are on every single one. We'll freaking do it afterwards. X-Men and, you know, teams. like with the classic X-Men team and the classic goofy voices from all the other the, uh, put 60s. Not 1960, like the 60s. Uh, uh, they, I don't right. know what they saw. Like it. It. it ain't porn, it don't work. Uh, 
Oh, I'm not crazy. I know. I know what I saw. Um, I don't know. As he's pulling or trying to pull that up, but yeah, I just, I mean, I didn't even know Neil Adams did that. Like, I had no idea that he was on X Men, and I certainly didn't know him enough to have him ranked seventh of all the X Men artists. This feels like again. Hey, let me like take somebody off the alphabet here. And pull this person out, and yeah, that 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 yeah, Neil Adams, great, that's great, you know, whatever. I mean, love Neil Adams too. Did, did, did not, you interview him? I did interview him. Yeah, South Carolina Comic Con. Yeah, right, he was great. Right. Yep, he was absolutely great. But um, I did not talk to him about X Men. I'm sorry, Neil, <laughs> Mr. Adams. Yeah, you're you're yeah. not you're not in front of John Byrne in anything. Yeah, for sure, not in anything. You, you might be Correct. a better Neither, human yeah. being. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, look, number six, Clayton Frazier Crane. Had you ever heard of this person before this started today? So this is the point where you know, having got <laughs> this is when I put the, my hand on my knife. <laughs> <laughs> having got past the insult in in uh, so right. here's how I read the list. All right, Adams. Okay, Michael Choi. Who? Oh, I see. It's X twenty three fetish. Whatever. John Byrne, whatever. <laughs> Neil Adams, okay, whatever. Clayton Crane, who's Clayton Crane? His work on X Force. Oh, okay. Well, good night. That's yeah. that's immediate yeah. disqualification. Who gives disqualification? Force. Nobody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Additionally, the article says X Men artist, mm-hmm. so he doesn't do. It doesn't say mutants. X universe, it says X Men artist. He never drew the freaking X Men. He drew X Force, which aren't the X Men. I'm sorry, they're not the same thing. And I guess he got, you know, he's got that kind of black and white style or whatever. And I mean, I was looking at his art, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can get why that somebody would like that. That's under the age of 35. But come on, man, like he shouldn't he have at least drawn the X book? So you know. Razor Crane. I mean, Again, it, I'll say, I mean, it's, you know, quality art, It, it but it's mm-hmm. to, it doesn't belong on the list of top 10 X-Men comics, mm-hmm. X-Men artists. You're going to just skip over that ROM picture that was on the side there, Hutch? <laughs> it was on the right side. I'm right. Um, Keep scrolling. Oh, no, there he is. <laughs> Don't hate on ROM, man. ROM rules. Desi. Crane rules. Desi. Yeah. Nice. But don't, yeah, I, don't hate. There's gonna be a. There will be a raw movie uh, before we. I don't necessarily on. disagree with you on that either. Right. So yeah. So Clayton Crane doesn't draw X Men books. He drew X Force. Again, I can see the appeal, but he shouldn't be on this list. All right. Number five is Dave Cockrum. Now that makes sense. Okay. You know he's, he's on not the being wrong. number five, but yeah. No, like, no, 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 no. On the list. Not being number five, you know, his run goes from what I guess he did giant size X-Men number one. And then he goes from 94 to 107, like he butts right up to the burn era. You know, I mean, and again, this is the classic X-Men team that we know from giant size X-Men number one. He does such a great job. And then burn just takes it and freaking yeah, puts steroids on it and and blows it up. They, and they brought him up in that Claremont documentary. I, the issue was once they were, the book was successful, they wanted to go bi-weekly and he couldn't handle the workload. So mm-hmm. he liked doing it, but he just, he couldn't keep up with it. But, you know, again, like essentially this is the guy who, you know, led the redesign that launched the X-Men to, you know, Super the height of their popularity. Right, yeah. You know, then you, you get Claremont and Byrne that take that run and solidify it, but no question, but, you know, higher than, again, Higher than John Byrne? I don't, I don't yeah. see why. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I again, he should definitely be higher than some of the people that were on this list. Um, oh. But he's not. And again, I, like I said, I just think, like, I view it in a sense, like, okay, so Fraser Crane, Art Adams, even Neil Adams, or whatever. There's nothing that they did on any of those books that you were like visually remember 
about the X-Men. Like, there isn't. Like, you don't remember, like, oh, I remember he did this particular cover, you know, freaking whatever that dude's name. Maybe he did a variant or some sort or whatever. But, like, there's nothing that's, like, from a memorable story that you remember from any of those dudes. And it's not to say that Neil Adams isn't, you know, a really great artist, because I think that he is, but his is not with X-Men. So I'm like, I'm like, how the hell is he on this list? Yeah. Oh, man. Also, yeah, Podge brought this up before we started recording. Dave Cockrum did give us the Nightcrawler miniseries, by the way, with the bands. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. With all the all he did, all the good in the world. Damn that fucking that shit is. Ugh. But come yeah. on, man, Even it's the not art, that. The art was alright. Yeah, but but the, come but on, story, really? That story was. Well, things that things people remember forty years later. Blame Claremont. <laughs> yeah, a little sidebar, really quick. Uh, you did see the Claremont documentary on uh, Amazon Prime, I think is where it was. I, I watched it a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I guess now, to you know, your brief review besides Rob Luck, it'll be in a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's a good story, but you know, they, the degree to which they, you, they give the, the passingest of passing mentions to John Byrne in mm. that series for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I thought it was really cool. I, there's a whole chunk in the middle where they talk about how great Marvel was. I'm like, yeah, you could have talked about the books a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it, it, the one thing that stuck out to me other than Rob Liefeld, who's just an ab, comes off as an absolute douche. Like yes. I knew him as sort of an untalented hack who had a high opinion of himself. <laughs> he comes off as an absolute douche. And uh, the line where uh, Louis Simonson is like, "Yeah, he kept asking me for." He's like, "I want plot." He's like, "I want plots with a lot of action, dynamic plots." And every time I gave him that, I would get back a lot of pictures of people posing and standing around. And then I have to write <laughs> a new story to make it all fit together. Um, but. The, worst. the one thing that he stood up was, you know, when he got to the point where they were basically handing down storylines, which, you know, was the relaunch and, and we want Magneto to be bad. And he walked away and, and he was like, you know, he really regretted that decision. And I'm trying to figure out like, what did he think he was going to do? Like, mm. obviously he wasn't going to countermand that decision, but just what is it? Was it the walking away? Was it the not having, you know, in, presumably he could have, instead of trying to control every book, at least grab one of them and wrote it from there. I, mm-hmm. so that, that whole thing was like, he regrets, you know, I was a younger man then and he would have done it differently, but he got it. You know, I guess he dealt himself out, out of everything that went forward. And mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, does he, did he get a credit on the X-Men movie? Cause he sure talked like he did. Um, have Probably. to go back and see. Yeah. I would imagine that he Cause did. he was like, yeah, they tried to rewrite it a bunch of times. And I gave him like the Bible of this. Don't, it's not about superpowers. It's this, this conflict of people who aren't accepted. And then they sent me back and they said, okay, we can make it all make sense now. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I would imagine that he had at a, a, a minimum, a special thanks, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. somewhere in there. But I mean, yeah, I remember when I watched it too, I was just like, man, I didn't realize that he was writing essentially all those X books at a point there. Like he was writing every single one of them. And I just can't imagine what that kind of pressure would have been, you know? And then as you start to get the turn into the nineties or whatever, where, you know, everything changed and comics changed for sure. You know I mean? He was just, you know, the old dog on the porch after a while. Yeah. Like, hey, like people want to see, you know, big guns, big tits or whatever, freaking the chase and aiming line is. Yep. And yeah, big pockets. And, you know, that's not what he wanted to do. I would also say um, kudos to Jim Shooter. I mean, he was, you know, generally, generally painted as the bad guy in any other reporting. And he was a big part of the of the review and I think was pretty straight. And they, you know, they they took some shots at him, but they were, you know, it seemed like a it seemed like at least people that can look back on a time and say, maybe, you know, maybe there wasn't as much conflict or maybe it wasn't as bad as, as we'd like to think at the time. Yeah. Oh, but it also answered the other question of like, why the fuck Thor was part of the mutant massacre. Yeah. So they were talking what was the answer. Yeah. So they were talking about, they had the story of the mutant massacre. They wanted to kill off the mutant. Somebody, they had the idea to start killing off the, the Morlocks and, uh, and he and he was like, that's too big a story. And they, they started to tell it over or the books. And Louise Simonson was writing, uh, I think, X 
factor at the time or mm-hmm. and and so she was like well i want to play and then she her her husband walt was was writing thor at the time All right yeah. so he got a in power oh no she was writing like power pack and he was uh, writing Thor, and then so mm-hmm. that's why those extraneous books were on there because the Simonsons <laughs> wanted to be part of it. They nice. wanted some money. <laughs> yeah, we want to be a part of this too. Oh, golly. Uh, yeah, well, also Thor. That's a Sandman <laughs> shout out too. Um, all right, let's get back to the list here. Number four, I can't pronounce this dude's last name. It's I think it's Sinkowitz. Sinkevich. Sinkevich. Mm-hmm. I'd also okay. never heard of this person before either. But then when I started to look it up, I was like, oh, I remember those X or, or New Mutant covers. I hated that. Oh, yeah. That's basically what I did. You know, I should pull it up here in a second. Yeah, but, I got to figure out how to spell his name. Well, well first off, New Mutants just sucks. How about that? Wait. All of it sucks. Uh, nope. It all, all sucks. All, all New Mutants suck. suck. Hickman couldn't make New Mutants cool. It not sucks. all of it sucks. All of it. The struggle is real. But all in oh, three words. Yeah. Like, I mean, had you heard of this dude before either? Yes. Okay. All but only day. because of the Demon Bear saga, which is like the one new, that's day one. That's the right, one new right. mutant story that anybody knows. And I would say that it at least took it from a very kind of sterile kids in school rebelling against the headmaster environment to at least, you know, a completely different perspective. And, um, you know, I've tried to go back and read it. And although I can appreciate the distinctiveness <laughs> of the art and the uniqueness uh, of the vision, uh, yeah, I don't the enjoy key. that book. And I, yeah. I, in trying to read it, I don't enjoy it. And the most fascinating part of it is when uh, Tom Corsi and I can't remember the other assistant get turned randomly turned into um to native americans and they mm. still are sharing yeah. somebody or other I, uh, boy. yeah so yeah yeah I, I i'm not a fan of this dude's art at all like i don't like it at all zero 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 don't like so, it at all so i understand why you could put him on a list and he is, he is definitely unique relative to any other options you have and, and made a distinctive new mutant story that a, we still are aware of and B a movie was made out of. And that's a whole nother podcast, but um, I think that shit, I think I took it one for the team. I saw it as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I, it's not for me, but I see why it's on the list. It's not offensive. It's not offensive to me that he's on the list. But uh, it's an X-Men list, and he only did one issue of X-Men, which was 159, which is that one that's on the corner there with, like, I think that Storm when she was the vampire and shit. No. Oh. Is, right? is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, even Dracula wanted some brown sugar. That was the <laughs> hilarious part about that run when we were reviewing it, just how every villain wanted to get with Storm. Yeah, <laughs> that was the plot of like yeah. three books in a, in a span yeah. of like six books. I think and three have more about somebody trying to get them. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I again I I I hear what you're saying about that, but that was a New Mutants book. It's not an X Men. Yep, book. that's also a fair complaint. So he shouldn't be on this list either. All right, number three, probably one of my faves here. It's Paul Smith. Um, uh, he has a very short run, and again, I think we did a whole series of podcasts on his run, um, on Uncanny X Men. Uh, the absolute minimalist style. Books were so freaking clean. Uh, again, he had the issue allegedly of you know it's very difficult to do that style, I guess, and turn books in on time. Um, so he goes one sixty five to one seventy, and then one seventy two to one seventy five, and that's it. He's off the book. And I mean, and not saying something. I mean, he's got some memorable covers and inserts as well. Uh, I mean, there you see 173 if you're on the YouTube page. I mean, that's a classic book there. You know, he gives us Punk Rock Storm as well. That's his initial design. Um, I mean, and I'm looking at that story too for 174 and 175. And again, yeah, those are great stories by Claremont too, but the art is so good, you know, when Madeline Pryor, you know, or Mastermind takes over Madeline Pryor and, you know, and 
does all that stuff to, you know, mess with Cyclops's mind. Like, I mean, these are great and, books. And Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, these, but yeah, oh, he fucks up, uh, yeah, his wedding to Mariko. Uh, I mean, these are great books. Like, I mean, dude really did a good job. You know, I, I, I'd love to hear the story as to obviously he couldn't do the books because of the freaking, you know, they couldn't turn him in on time. But man, just that's never stopped some other people with them books being, well, actually, I guess that was a different time. Books should, couldn't be late back then, whereas now they're perfectly fine being yeah, late all the time. I think you could be, you could be late if you was pulling in, uh, numbers. I don't know if the, uh, I don't know if Marvel and DC allow books to be late like that. Not there, anymore. There, oh, there's some late books. I there's plenty. I got plenty of collections where, huh? This is come yeah. out in thirty days, sixty mm. days. Well, um, yeah. Well, the so, classic is the Kevin Smith, uh, Daredevil, oh, and Spider Man books. Right, right, <laughs> those weren't drawing. I don't think those were drawing issues. <laughs> I don't think those were those issues. Right. Um, I mean, but yeah. I mean, just. I mean, those are great books. I mean, I and I know Brother Beavis. You've been a big fan of Paul Smith. Well, the funny thing is, until you started name checking him, like I knew these books and I'm like, yeah, those are good books, but I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have been able to pull that name out. And uh, when I when I read this list, uh, I was like, oh, that's you know, that's cool. That's cool for him to be on this list and also number three. But then I reread it and the description of this says the cover features a crouching Wolverine. This is talking about 173. The cover features a crouching Wolverine running with a ski jacket clad Kitty Pride. Wolverine's prose oh. and Pride's wardrobe has been subjected to several homages in the future. That is not Katie Pride. Oh my god! But they also give a shout out to this in the Claremont uh, uh, documentary. They ask him like what his favorite art is, and he talks about he's he he talks about this issue, mm. and it's the sequence where uh, Rogue enters into Mariko's apartment and all yeah. the X-Men oh, yeah. at it's this point. Great, yeah. yeah. That's a and great waiting shot. On her, waiting on yeah. Her. yeah. Like where she's standing at the door, kind of yeah. humble. Right. And, they, and, and they blow her to blank out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look at the, if you scroll up there, it's a second hunch. Look at that freaking card there where he's got the pictures of them all in their civvies there with Lockheed, like just up above that issue. I mean, yeah. it's right I mean, here, right? Like, yeah, right there. I mean, just a beautiful freaking book. Like, what the hell? You know, and again, such a short run. Uh, but highly um, like underrated to say the least. Um, yeah, uh, definitely would have been. I hate I hate the brood. By the way, what? I don't like the brood. Really? Because of their alien ripoffness? Well, that, just that the brood queen and all. Just uh, I mean, granted, you, if if they, if I have a, a if I jump around in my X Men books, is of course it's the Burn era, and then. I think this might be my second era. I mm. kind of skipped, or I, I, I mean, I have, I have or had those one fifty to one sixty something, but they don't jump out to me. But yeah, this this series did, did jump out to me, and how mm. Mastermind screwed the fuck out of Rogue or out of the, yeah. out of the Cyclops and mm. all that stuff. That one jumps out to me. So. Yeah. You, it's remem- it's memorable for right. sure. Yeah, like that's, those are memorable ones. And like I said, some of these dudes on this list shouldn't be there for a lot of reasons, but none of them drew anything that would actually be memorable, you know, to the lore of the X Men. Um, you know what? You know what his issue with the brood is? They're, they're too much like the dire race, and he's got a blood oh, feud with the dire you race. Gotta, you gotta bring up another round. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to Rom. No, uh, it shouldn't, but yeah. Or oh, I wait. What's where's Dazzler at? <laughs> Patience, Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, keep it one hundred. Y'all know I don't mess with horror shit. Like them brood books back in the day, I'd be like, oh, let me read. Yep, skippy, 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 skippy. Or we'll just go to the next thing. Yeah, that shit scared me. Well, when they, when like, they when they stuck, this is the same series where they stuck Wolverine, right? And he and he turned into yes. one for a second. Mm-hmm. But his healing factor, yeah, yeah that shit was memorable. I think yeah. they all turned into one, but or something, yeah, something strange. Nice. All right, number two. My mm-hmm. note on here says, "Turn podcast over to brother." <laughs> <laughs> and see, I was gonna say, I'm about to go like on mute and walk away, like this is a DC <laughs> podcast. Frank <laughs> quietly. Frank quietly. He uh, got me to quit reading the X Men, like. <laughs> 
like straight up i was you know because i had got back into comics pretty hard and i was going mm. i had a big ass pull box and i was i was reading a bunch of shit mm. um oh from like the style itself like i don't even <laughs> like the style but the character redesigns no. particularly the beast with the oh. x jackets the, and the, and the yellow jackets and the yeah and and now so the one thing i would say is like at least bring in the color back into the 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 leather outfit style and having you know like a consistent x-men design like i'll give you credit for that but the design mm. itself is just oh i cannot stand it we get you know this sets us on the path and it's it's so much too it's like it's not even just the art which i hate but like yeah. the this this set us on the path that basically starts pulling all the characters apart um mm. you know the the complete redesign of beast this is the beginning of the end for cyclops uh sure. you know wolverine becomes everybody's best friend and a natural leader yeah. uh you yeah, know we tear apart Frost scott and gene yeah emma frost, yeah, emma frost which, first, oh. yeah. and then people love this so much and so it's like it sucks it's it's visually unappealing to me it's symbolic of just the worst era in, in storytelling as far as i'm concerned and people write it's nutsack to no end so yeah yeah this was like yeah. oh, this Grant was the Morrison. other thing like I, i'll take burn at eight all day before i take frank quietly at two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these books are terrible like I remember reading these books too, because this is like oh one oh two ish, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere That's around right. that base. So this is pre kids for me, and I'm like, oh okay, hey, you know, they're doing something new here. And then it's like, mm, wh- wait, why is Wolverine talking like that? Um, why does everybody looks like it's? I always describe it. It's like it's like putty, but it's mm. like melting. Like their faces are all like kind of droopy and like i hated it i hated it so much and it never got any better for me and i think this is pretty much where i bailed to you know and quietly's been on a bunch of stuff you know if you're watching on youtube uh-huh. like all-star superman uh, that all-star superman like that that got a freaking cartoon movie from dc yeah, animated and I, and I watched it too yeah and I just I don't I don't and I don't care for Grant Morrison either. Like I know we're not doing writers or whatever, but you fuck him too. Like he just comes on the books and just puts like the characters in positions that aren't, you know, like c- takes them in a completely different direction from the characters that they had been. And so yeah, I, I can't look at Wolverine's outfit, bro. Look at him and Emma Frost's outfit. I mean, she's they yeah. she's been in some ridiculous outfits. But what is, what is that? Yeah. Like how does any of yeah. that even stay on? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we haven't uh, even brought up Cassandra this is maybe my third time ever looking at this art um, mm. I, I don't think I read any, if I read any of these books in this era it was on a, it was on a day or something yeah don't go back you're good this is you know it's like oh wait let you know the X-Men everybody's weird so let, let's make everybody look weird and yeah, it's just the yeah. it's the downward spiral of the book. We get beak, glob, uh, all those, yeah, all those also rands yeah. that we're still saddled with. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, awful, just awful. Yeah. But yeah, but that his when making the beast look like this, mm. uh, that uh, I don't know what the hell that is. This was yeah. they were trying to tease up this secondary mutation. Sage was transforming people and bullshit out of that extreme X-Men book. And so his secondary mutation was to become more feline and more feral. It's just, ugh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. I, I, this is some, if, right, if there was a, you know, a crazy universe, yeah, this is crazy universe, Bill. This, right, this is some way left field shit. Yeah, and this is number terrible. this is number two, three. He's number two. Two. Riley's number two. Two. two? Yes, I know. Man. It's because, like Brother Beaver said, people nutsack this run so much, and it's awful. It's fucking awful, uh, man. Motherfucker, and, and Cassandra nobody, Nova for real. And nobody put me to the side to like, yo, man, that Frank Quietly run was great. Man, the whoop they fucking yeah. ass. <laughs> yep, you should. <laughs> you should. 
That's for sure. And he and he has like a weirdly short run too. Like I was Wikipedia or whatever, you know, because Morrison's run isn't that long either. It was like, oh, you know, you had to read the books like in segments. It was like, oh, this segment and then this segment. And then was, I think there were four different segments to get to the end of the whole thing. And I'm like, I, I was good through Cassandra Nova. And then I was out. I was like, that's it. I'm done. His evil fucking twin, whatever the fuck this is. Like, I'm out. Thank you. Goodbye. Next, please. All right. All right. So number one on the list, you could probably get an argument based on age, essentially, about number one, which is Jim Lee. Um, it's kind of hard to to dis, not distinguish. It's kind of hard to separate Jim Lee, the artist, from Jim Lee, the creator uh, at Image or whatever, to me, because his image run, Wildstorm, sellout to DC, like all of that kind of situation clouds my judgment on how I feel about his other stuff. But obviously he's, you know, has such a huge influence on the, you know, modern X-Men era from the early 90s or whatever, essentially, you know, propping that up into the cartoon. So like I get why he would be here. You can't do, you know, I mean, all of us have that freaking, you know, cover, foil, whatever, you know, the five wearing, covers from I'm the issue the one. Yeah, from issue one. I'm wearing something of his era as well, which I believe is his last issue. Um, you know, on there, you know, he started on Uncanny, you know, guest spotting or whatever. I mean, and, you know, keep it a thousand too. I mean, he spawned literal copycats. You know, Will Spatasio. <laughs> like, uh, there's, there's so many copycats of his work at the time. So I like, I get it. Like, why he would be number one. Like, I totally oh, understand that. I get why he's number one, but um, he wouldn't be my number one. What do y'all think? No, you yeah. ain't my number one. Oh. Yeah, I, I would. I agree. I mean, I, I think. <clears throat> You know, maybe this is a maybe this is like a Ken Anderson versus Boomer Esiason argument. Oh, no, um, here we go, wrong podcast. But go ahead. I mean, I was or I was gonna say I was gonna say Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Like maybe that's a better case, even though I think we probably all hate both of them. But like you know, Correct. by a lot of measures, one is clearly better than the other. But you can have that conversation. You're probably always going to end up Brady Manning. But you can have that conversation and, you know, you know, you know, Colts fans are going to go one way and, and, and Patriots are going to go the other. It, you know, it, it's yeah. not, it's, it's, it, it may be a short conversation. It may always end up the same way, but there's at least a conversation to be had um, again, because yeah. of the influence. And I would say like, this is a case where, you know, both Byrne and Lee have, you know, distinctive influence on the character designs, obviously, but mm. Lee's appeal is just the static moments, the cover shots, the pictures. There's no yeah. real, um, you know, stories Action. that you can attribute to him versus mm-hmm. burn. You know, you, you have to put him right there with, with dark Phoenix days of future past, you know, the iconic stories from then. So, you know, it's, I could see why you would have that debate, but I think it does. It's always going to come down to burn is number one, yeah. number one X-Men artist we, of all time. Can, can I, can, my comparison would be, oh, maybe this is a push, but whatever. Let's say Flair and Hogan. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hogan is the, Hogan would be Jim Lee. Right? It's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And Flair, mm. Flair did all the hard work. Yeah. And, Right. That when the, we talk, the mass we appeal about, versus right. versus the you know the real work. Right. The real work, work. great. Right. Yeah. And I think to you know, I mean, again, we tell it like it is on this place. You know, like I think there was a more emphasis emphasis on the story that was being told and the art that supported it, as opposed to like, hey, let's just draw some pictures. Let's draw, you know, Psylocke with some freaking high, like whatever, crotch shots and panty shots and all those types of things, which distracted from the very short number of stories that he told, you know, once, you know, Claremont dropped off the book and he was only there for, I think, for seven more issues himself. And then he goes on to create 
you know, this Wildstorm universe and, you know, turn out books every couple of years, years, essentially, you know, with a bunch of characters that nobody gives a fuck about. Like, oh. if you have a bunch of freaking Gen 13. Hello. Or, uh, sorry. Yeah. If you have a bunch of Gen 13 and what's his other creator shit? Wildstorm. Um, Wildstorm. Yeah, Wildcats. No, Wildcats. 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 Wasn't there a storm too? Yeah, Wildstorm was. uh, Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah, somebody. (laughs) It sucks. Like nobody cares. But I mean, but we got a movie out. We all understand now that you know we while they did it. Yeah. Marvel. Oh boy, was was fucking them. Yeah, they created their own characters, and then they. Made money off Made other people, fuck, created other them. people. Correct. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's just you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's all those characters. It was they didn't have an issue with publisher own titles. They had the the they had an issue that they weren't the publishers. They didn't own mm-hmm. it. Well, it wasn't right. they wanted the creators to own it. They just they wanted to be creators that own their own shit. Right. So they created and, and their they, own shit and then got right. it. Put other people to work. Right. Yeah. All your, all I, your I get shit. It. If you can. I get it. I'm like I said, I get why anybody would put him number one. It, it would make sense. Again, it's probably uh, a little bit based on age, but uh, I, like I told uh, you, again. right? If you ask the average wrestling fan, well, whatever, everyone would always jump not on now. Hulk Hogan, and you know, and Ric Flair is always number two or three. Mm. But right. yeah. So I had the, a couple of people that I thought that should have been on this list that weren't, that had, you know, fairly notable runs in terms of content as well as that. My first one is Andy Kubert. Uh, he should definitely be on that list. What are you doing? Andy Kubert. Best Buy. Andy Kubert should be on that list. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, he kind of starts off as a Jim Lee clone until he kind of finds his style a little bit after, you know, Lee leaves the book and, you know, and he's on that book for a while too. He gets a good run and takes you through a, a fairly good, you know, versions of stories through the nineties that you would remember. Um, so I, I thought that he was a pretty, you know, I, I thought Andy Kubert probably should have made the list somewhere. I'm not sure how he doesn't make it at all. Um, but that that's one of my ones. You got any anybody got one? Well, I would have put Adam Kubert on the list before Andy. Okay. Um I always liked I always thought his work was a little bit more stylish mm-hmm. and I don't think he kinda grew into it to degree. I, I do agree with what you said about Andy Kubert. I think he got better over the years. I still think he can't draw more than one face. I, yeah, he I definitely would. has that problem. But <laughs> in terms of having a run, in terms of kind of carrying the load for a while, yeah. I yeah, he, I mean, he, he gets, yeah, he gets the, the, um, Wolverine, uh, Adamantium ripped out of him. Like he gets oh, that yeah. run, like yeah, that's him. There, there I think is. he gets, he also gets, um, Legion Quest as well. That's Andy. Uh, Legion Quest. Yeah. So, I mean, like he's, you know, I mean, he's, but again, he's a part of memorable stories. You know, shit, Legion Quest, Legion wound up getting a TV show on freaking FX. So, yeah, not that I watched it. At least yeah. got a show out of it. Yeah. You know, it was good for a while. Which Kubert was, well, which Kubert was on slot? Was that Andy? That's Andy Kubert, too. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Andy Kubert, too. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he started off as a Jim Lee clone, but he kind of, you know, fine. But you're right, he can only draw one face. They're all <laughs> exactly alike. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, uh, I also had uh Joey Majorora. Uh I don't know if I'm spelling his name uh, or saying well, his name I right. Yeah, I can't spell it, I don't think. Well, look, it, here's here's how it goes for me. Okay, so I never watched anime or manga or whatever the that shit that y'all watch. I don't even know the difference between the two. That's fair. I don't know the difference between the two. But like when he came on that book, I was like, damn, this is different. Like this is like mid to late nineties when he comes on uncanny and his style was completely different than anything that anybody else was doing at the time. 
It's that's the guy right there who also didn't make this list, which is insane. But like he, I mean, and then he, and then he comes out completely differently too. You know, later on, he changes his style completely. And you know, when they try to put him back on books, people are like, "What? Like, you know, we didn't pay you to draw like this. We paid you to want to see these other things." But I, I thought his run on Uncanny was pretty dope. Cool. Anyone? No, I, I agree. He's great. Um, yeah. I was trying to Enjoy remember how much of the regular runs he was on. Um, but yeah, he had a run on, he definitely had a run on X-Men. Yeah. On the, he was on the uncanny book there for a while. Hutch is pulling us here on YouTube or whatever. Uh, Chris Bachelot probably should be oh, on yeah. that list. That too. was one I was going to add. He's, he's, he was great too. Like, Although he, <clears throat> I think his biggest run was on Gen X, right? Gen yeah, X, Generation yeah. X. And he, and he evolved over time too, because he used to draw everybody so fucking tiny, like or whatever. But then he, you know, as he got, you know, into the books a little bit more, he, you know, his style expanded. Uh, but yeah, if you go back down, uh, Joe Madrero was, you know, he was a part of that book for Days of Future, or not Days of Future Past, uh, Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, his run was, I mean, when I know when he left to go do his creator own thing, was that Battle Chasers that Battle never Chasers. came out? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think issue yeah. three is still in, on the schedule. <laughs> Production. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's a line step. But sure. It's not a line step. It's <laughs> absolutely 100% true. <laughs> shit. People still sitting at there waiting at the mailboxes and that shit. So, yeah, I, that was my one other one. And then my other one was uh, Pepe Larraz, who just did. And again, he has a short run because it was really just House of X. Um, and I thought he, he did like it's the background picture of mine. That's the book he's doing with Jerry Dugan right now. But I thought it was just great. Like I thought the art in House of X is pretty freaking amazing. Again, it's a great story too, but the artwork definitely flowed with the whole thing. So yeah, uh, big big fan of Pepe Larraz. Then this Clayton Crane dude's on every list of these top X Men artists, and they ain't never heard his name before. Fuck. Uh, well, you got me. Uh, yeah, a nice sure. cover rip off of the Lost Boys, I guess. Yeah, I think it's known for that. Anybody else got anybody else that you should? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say I was now never been a fan of Barry Windsor Smith, um, mm-hmm. and I also was never really a huge fan of Romita Junior on yeah. X Men either. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, a huge run, a lot of great stories, influential, but I just, his style is just it always looked too unfinished to me. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's it. That is his style. <laughs> and Barry Windsor Smith always seemed like it had all the detail in the wrong spots. Like, mm. I don't know. I just, his art was almost like kind of too realistic in a sense. Um, but they also put him on stories that I absolutely couldn't. It, they, he wrote the, the classic storm and forge stories. Uh. So, you know, yeah. minus 50 from Gryffindor for that. <laughs> Hey, man. It's just think of wits. All right. How did you have anybody? I mean, you're looking through that list. And they show that one of Mark Silvestri and his books mm. look nothing like that when he drew the damn book. Like nothing. Like, I mean, I thought Silvestri did a good job back then, too. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he should be on this list above some of the other people that are on there because yeah. he had a fairly decent run, too, you know, on those books. I can't, I mean, none of, I mean, I, I remember reading some of these books and some I don't remember at all, but, you know, uh, I think Burn is my, Burn's number one. Yeah. And, and, and Lee could be number two or three, somewhere in that group. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's my list. Okay. Yeah. No. That was really it. It was just kind of an exercise to really just go and shit on screen rant. That's basically what it is. It was clickbait. I mean, that was. It's complete clickbait. Yeah, no, I understand. Clickbait. I'm surprised I didn't have a thing for if if you have any. I ain't checked the comment section, but it should have been uh, lit up with people saying, (laughs) This is the craziest fucking list I've ever seen in my fucking life. You're a fucking idiot for putting this shit out. 
Yeah, it, it's just like, oh, yeah, top WCW wrestlers. Pez Watley at number 10. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Valiant, number eight. Yeah, exactly. Hall, it's Hall like, of wait. Famer. Uh, actually, I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer. He is. a. He got inducted he in the Hall got, of Famer. But, yeah, I think he was a – because I watched it on WrestleMania because I was like, the fuck? I think it was like he got a – I don't know. It's not an honorable mention. Is it mention. Win or you ain't? I think you, it's if like you a, pissed off um, McMahon or you didn't. It's like a that, special That's the criteria. I think, though, to get in the Hall of Fame, you actually have to be like, you know, you get the ceremony Alive? and the jacket. No, that's why he got in to begin with because he's dead. But, like, you know, like I don't think he's a traditional Hall of Famer. Is Tony Atlas in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. His sucking toes is probably not helping oh, his awful. case at all. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, like people did worse. I mean, who but, don't like toes? Like the only reason that, like, they're running out. So they have there's a criteria, there's a quota now for the yes, that's to be it. So yes. they have to have a certain number of people of color, certain number of tag teams, mm-hmm. certain number of females, certain number of managers, or whatever. The only reason Pistol Pez Watley or Shaska Watley, as we probably <laughs> prefer, um, should be in there is because they've run out of people. That's why I said, like, <laughs> right, Tony Atlas have. isn't in. There's one, at least. Yes. Hold on. I, I, Legacy I, wing. Legacy. I, Thank you. See, that's not really a Hall of Famer. Look, I'm sorry. If you walk in there and he's not handing out fucking pamphlets, his ass is in the Hall of Fame. Pamphlets, come on. <laughs> I mean, shit. If you come on, he, he in there. And the I, irony uh, is, I mean, he ain't like, on the. He we, in there. We might, this might be the last three people on the planet talking you know about who Pez Wally. <laughs> right. Is Chris it? Adams in there? <laughs> no, no, exactly, definitely it's, not. Right, no. Yeah, apparently he was not a nice person. The no, well, is <laughs> Iceman, yeah, the gentleman. Is Iceman King Parsons in there? No. I, no I don't think he is either, but. No. Yeah, Coco that, Beware's in there, though, right? I'm oh, sure. of course. Yeah, he's got to be. He actually was one of the first Negroes. But that makes there. sense. I mean. Yeah, he was there. He was the bird, you know. That that would make sense, but Pez, what the hell does <laughs> Pez have to make do? Sense. It does. Parsons what the hell does brought Pez? Out a pack of Oreos for, <laughs> <laughs> for Chris and Panama Jack. Yeah, and then um, and then he also freaking like he called Chris Adams out on being an asshole back then too. We just didn't know. It was just like we we know. These no, people, we didn't none know. Of these, none of these people were nice. We there knew that no, we were not cheering for Iceman King, King Parsons at the we time. We I mean, wasn't. So, well, you weren't, but we know yeah. all these. I'm talking about that faces. jailbird, that Oreo cookie. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the racism came out pretty easy for us. Yeah, pretty they easy. Always, yeah. They always got those promos right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, all right. Oh man. Well, as again, as we wrap up this part of it, we will be back shortly. Uh, there are, has been a lot as the pandemic has whooped our well, ass. continued on, really, but capitalism continued on too. Uh, things are coming back. You know, we got movies coming up. There's TV shows. I, I, my other note on here says for our next podcast: What if turn brother be this loose again? <laughs> because <laughs> we've talked about this for fucking years now marvel and animation (laughs) i I don't know what happens something happens and it gets lost in translation it's not like it's bad it's not you know get my marvel flare my marvel fleer cards fantastic four bad however what the fuck but we'll talk about it later i don't want to you know get too far into that but that what if is really what if it was good? Because um, <laughs> it's not. It's not terrible. Like I'm shitting on it a little bit. It's not terrible, but it ain't good. It's well. It's the alternative. Alternative. Well, most of the stories aren't good. I mean, it happened in real life. So the what if version of them are. Just, they've done their best, darn best, to build up characters in the movies. To then put them like they clearly view the animation as inferior to just shit on it. 
and it doesn't have to be that way. It would give DC all their props. They don't shit on their animated characters. Oh, uh, they're they're. Have you ever seen some of the new ones? There's some shit they putting out now. Well, I haven't seen much recently. They need to see the whole long Halloween. But anyway, different podcast. All right. So as the X-Men animated music starts to play us out, you know, we don't really care for your politics too much, John Byrne, but you could draw the hell out of a fucking book. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, man. We, we'll just try not to any, you know, go onto your Facebook page too much. But we do appreciate it as a producer of this podcast. Sandman, man, I hope you enjoyed this listen. Hopefully get you through the day. Uh, I'm out. Uh, Damn it, look at that spot. I keep doing it. Brother Beavis, sign out. See you guys next time. Hutch, don't get fired. Uh, yeah, then we meet again. Yeah, for sure. We'll see everybody next time. Peace.